0: Hey, guys. What's up? <laughs> so we're here with Grace Moore, the artist in residence, and we have with us Stephen. Stephen, say hi. Hi. Hey, so could you just tell us a little bit about what it is that you do?
1: Uh, sure. Uh, my name is Stephen Pyrick. I work with a lot of the different theaters, really uh, local to St. Louis. Uh, in terms of my day job, I actually do marketing communications for a not-for-profit association kind of by day, and then spend my evenings uh, pursuing the passion of telling stories on stage in some fashion.
0: Wow. wow. What's the non-for-profit that you work for?
1: Uh, it's the Missouri Society of CPAs.
0: Okay, that's really cool. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you get into the performing arts?
1: Um, so I remember uh, one of my elder sisters, who is 10 years older than me, I remember going to see a production uh, of a play that she was in. She did a production of the Diary of Anne Frank out at our local college. It was, was huh. East Central College in Union, Missouri. Uh, she was, it was actually a production of the Union High School, but they were performing in the space at the college. And I was riveted. And from that moment, uh, I wanted to be involved. For me, that started in the sixth grade. Uh, my school had the Bellarmine Speech League and so that was kind of my first intro into it. And then doing my first play of my freshman year of high school and yep. the rest of history.
0: Wow. That's great. That's great. So what's um, the fa- your favorite uh, performance that you've ever had?
1: Oh, I don't know. It's, it's so hard. <laughs> it, yeah, it's bet, like when you do something funny, all you want to do is like great drama. And when you're doing great drama, all you want to do is make people laugh. Like <laughs> yeah. the, the grass is always <laughs> greener. Uh, Noises Off was one of my favorite comedies I've ever done, um, although I did break my toe in the middle of a performance oh. because it's the most physical comedy I've ever done. Uh, I did Angels in America, both parts in rep, with Stray Dog Theater. It was one of the performances I'll never forget getting to be a part of. Uh, it's that, that play comes in two parts, and each part is about three and a half to four hours long, so... To spend six weeks doing telling an eight-hour story was pretty incredible.
0: Wow, that sounds really, really cool. Oh, what's your favorite performance that you've ever seen?
1: Um, you know, I've been really, really lucky because I've seen a lot of theater. I've seen a lot of theater in New York. I've seen a lot of theater here locally. And I've seen so many things that have made an impression. But probably the the single production that has made the biggest impact on me was a play called The Normal Heart by Larry Kramer, which I saw in New York in 2011. I remember, we went to see it. I was in New York with two of my older sisters, and we went to see it because Jim Parsons was in it, and he nice. played Sheldon on Big Bang, yeah. and we're huge fans. I was saying bazinga
0: today.
1: I knew it. Something is up. Yep. And that's all we really knew about it, to be honest. Uh, and then it turned out just to be this really powerful political story about the AIDS crisis in New York and ultimately the US in the 1980s and quite frankly over the last 15 months living through a pandemic uh, it has resonated with me time and time again so it's probably the single most impactful thing although I've seen so many things that I've just loved uh, and would would happily go see again Mm yeah so
0: that's cool What's been the biggest, um, I guess, obstacle during the pandemic for performing for you?
1: Um, well, everything ceased. As I mean, we, we all know just like everything stopped completely. Uh, when pa- the pandemic started, I was just getting ready to do a production of Lobby Hero by Kenneth Lonergan, which was also at Stray Dog Theater. And I was prepping to direct the musical Fun Home with Take Two Productions. I love that. So those are my two, two shows that were in the works And then the pandemic happened, Uh, so everything got postponed. Well, Lobby Hero didn't really get postponed. It became the first of Stray Dog Theater's digital series productions, and they built these pods, and we kind of did it uh, in in video format. Mm -hmm. It was like nothing I've ever done, and hopefully like nothing I'll ever do again. And (laughs) not because it wasn't great. It was a great experience. It was just not... The format that I had envisioned doing that show in when I had auditioned for it, uh, but we got to tell the story, and and, and I was drawn to it because I loved the story. I was I w- that, that's usually what draws me to a piece first and foremost. Um, but then over the pandemic, where Take Two was supposed to perform, uh, that space kind of got put onto the market, and we kind of lost that space, which was probably a direct reflection of the pandemic and not yeah. having any income in that space for yes. a year and so now as we're kind of on the other side of the pandemic or or at least very very much closer to it uh it left me without a space for one show and then every other show I was connected to has been rescheduled or reshuffled or refashioned so oh. the timing the schedules everything has been Probably a reason my blood pressure goes up. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. But
1: uh, I, I'm still so very thankful that everything that I had had planned to do before the pandemic will come with me on the other side in some fashion.
0: That's great. That's great. What is your favorite thing about performing in St. Louis?
1: Um, the Hands down, it's the theater community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came, I moved to St. Louis, well, I grew up in Union, Missouri, which is like an hour from here. Uh, And then uh, in 2001, I moved to Los Angeles and I lived there for eight years, kind of pursuing film and television and writing and all of that. Uh, When I moved back in 2008, my mom had had a stroke and it was just too much to manage from too far away. Plus, you know, in Los Angeles, everything costs a billion dollars and you have no money. So trying to get home with short notice could be problematic. Um, So I made the decision to move home. Uh, back to St. Louis and kind of get involved with the theater community here. And now that I've been back in St. Louis for going on 13 years, um, this community is like no other. Like they rally for each other. They're there for you. They're my best friends. And it's a a wide net of people. Um, When I had issues losing our theater space, the amount of people who said, let me. Have you tried this? Let me see this. Let me see who I can call. Like people were there to help, to help you out. It's really been an inspiring place for me. For that.
0: Yeah, that's great. And what was that transition like? I know you mentioned you were doing like film and more like film in LA as opposed to.
1: Well, I was pursuing it. I wasn't doing a ton of it. Right. Uh, right. Okay. But I, I you know, I, I was there pursuing it. Uh, I did theater. while I was in LA as well, uh, but theater there. I feel like a lot of people do that trying to be seen in front of casting directors and producers Mm -hmm. and what have Mm -hmm. you. Uh, And still not bad experiences. It's just that the pursuit to it is a little bit different. Um, I'm somebody who really, really... Like, I enjoy the rehearsal process. I enjoy Mm -hmm. diving into a character. Yeah. Yeah. it's, It's so... Doing the... I always tell, so as a director, I always tell my cast, I love to have fun doing a show, but you got to know for me that first and foremost, the fun comes from doing good work. Mm -hmm. And you bring that first and foremost to the stage. And then you're going to have, you know, come prepared, come with choices, feel, feel like you're going to try something. And if you fail, it's okay. Like that's the rehearsal process, but you never know if you don't try. And that's my favorite thing. Like to, to be involved in an industry where failing is encouraged yes. because you come out on the other side with stronger choices or more insight into your character, that's the best. I
0: agree. Wow. Wow. So in St. Louis, how have you seen the arts positively affect communities, like in individual people or groups? or? Um,
1: well, I've seen it actually in a lot of different ways. Uh, one that I'll talk about is Take-Two Productions. Uh, Take-Two is a community theater group. Uh, They're actually producing Fun Home that I'm directing in October of this year. And their entire mission has always been, yes, we're community theater. But a lot of community theaters stress the theater portion. They wanted to stress both community and theater equally, which means for every production that they've done since 2004, which was long before I was back in St. Louis, Mm -hmm. uh, they have found an organization or charity to support uh, as part of that production. So it's usually a, a charity that is somehow related to the show that you're doing. Uh, when we did Peter and the Starcatcher, uh, I was an actor in that show, and we had an organization that helped kids with art. Uh, when we did Next to Normal, which I directed, uh, we worked with NAMI, because Next to Normal is a musical all about mental health. Uh, and not only do we support like the charity and their outreach efforts, uh and try to raise funds for them but it's also important for for the cast and the crew to know what we're working for so we come we have a representative from the charity who comes in and usually gives some education so you know this is who we are this is what we're about and this is why it's important and what what it's going to bring to the show yeah. so wow that's really cool uh i also say too stray dog theater which is another group that i work with quite a bit uh they fundamentally uh work with the community in ways that I find really really inspiring and exciting uh, they they work, um, it's called Arts in Reach where they're in six public schools providing uh, free arts focused after school programming uh, for I think it's 240 students in, th- in six schools, I could be wrong about that because I, 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 I'm just, I'm a fan I'm a passionate <laughs> fan of what they yeah. do uh, but yeah, it's it's really neat to see people seeing the need to bring arts into the schools and arts and how that arts can be more to the community than entertainment.
0: Oh yeah. yeah, that's really cool. So do you pref- do you prefer and you might not have a preference, but like producing and directing as opposed to like acting, or do you love them both equally?
1: Uh, I love them both in different ways. I I m- mostly have as of late, have been directing musicals. And that's fun for me because I can't sing at all. I'm completely tone deaf. Yeah. <laughs> I could never be on stage I'm singing a song. You. So uh, it gives me the opportunity to tell stories as a director that I would never be able to tell as an actor. Uh, and I love that. Uh, but I also love performing. Like there's For me, it's it's just a matter of... I'm a big believer that every discipline informs the next. So the more that I direct, I feel like the more insight I gain as an actor. And the more that I act, the different insights I have from different directors I work with. I'm also a writer, and I've written a couple of different plays that have been produced here locally and been produced in like short plays that have been produced in, I think, 15 states across uh, the USA. Uh, And I feel both directing and acting informs my writing, and writing informs those different choices. So it's all just a matter of learning and, and that quest to know that you can never master the arts, but you can always keep learning, so.
0: Yeah, that's super cool. Um, so what do you think was your most challenging role?
1: Um, Gosh.
0: Every day, all day. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I mean, that could be a
1: lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, while, while it's not a performance role, just the role of director is always yeah. super challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, if you look in, in the community theater world, uh, we probably typically have six to eight weeks of rehearsals. Wow. Um, and if you think about that, in Fun Home, I have a cast of nine actors. Uh, I have about, I don't know, three hours in the first rehearsal to figure out how I can best communicate with each individual actor because I think yeah. that's, my, that's my job is to find out how do I share my notes with you mm-hmm. in a way that makes the most sense for you to take them in. Mm-hmm. So that's nine different communication styles I have about three hours to master because the work really has to get started that quickly. Time is always of the essence. Mm-hmm. Um, also, when I direct, I usually have a very clear vision of how I want the show to look and as such, I take on a lot of different uh, roles just myself. Number one, because I, I really enjoy doing it. And two, I, I can get laser focused on a vision for better or for worse. Um, but like for Fun Home, I, I had started working on the set pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. So when the pandemic happened, I had to find a place in my basement to store <laughs> all of these pieces of set yeah. <laughs> for a year. And wow. then when we got it rescheduled and kind of back on the boards, I've taken everything out uh, and really have gotten to work on that again. Previously, I directed a musical called A New Brain with Hawthorne Players, and uh, I had I had a really specific vision for uh, some of those numbers because many of them happen in uh, the main character Gordon's mind. Like, mm-hmm. I, I I really love things that are not necessarily told in realism as a director. What's funny is as an actor, I love realism. That's what I like to do. <laughs> yeah. But as a director, I love that whole idea of, uh, of fantasy or things that mm-hmm. that open the world to what you create. Uh, and so I wanted every vision that he had that happened to be a musical number to have some sort of fantastical elements, whether they were you know, umbrellas with twinkly lights all up them or wearing aprons with glitter on them, which is awful. Never glitter an apron. (laughs) That I learned the hard way. (laughs) But because you'll have glitter everywhere forever. But uh, I I love that. I love learning those types of things and and creating. So I think that's singularly the hardest role I've ever done is is directing a show.
0: Yeah. That seems like a lot. A lot. Do you have a favorite place um, that you've performed or, like, trying to think like have you like a favorite space that you feel that you love to perform in or that you love to like see other people perform in
1: yeah i so as an audience member i love all of our local st louis venues i love new york city which i know is not a venue per se but Mm -hmm. there's this feeling of like between the hours of 7 p.m. and 7.30, there is this feeling of electricity magic in Midtown that I've never experienced uh, except for in Midtown when all of these crowds, and I don't know how this is going to be after the pandemic or what New York is going to look like the next time uh, I, I'm able to to get there, but people would be lined up for shows and there's there's just electricity in the air. It, it truly is a magical feeling. Uh as a performer, I, I've been so fortunate in St. Louis because I've worked with so many different groups and all of them have something special. But if I had to single out a specific stage or area, I think Stray Dog Theater and the Tower Grove Abbey is probably where I feel the most at home on stage because uh, I, I, I've i done quite a few things there and uh, I've tackled heavy topics and I've done super silly uh, comedies um so I just I feel like I've had just this huge journey on that stage since I moved back to St. Louis. That's
0: awesome. That's cool. That's cool. So do you do you think that you prefer New York to St. Louis or
1: I I New York is special because it's special. Like you, you okay. I'm there five five days every other year or year wh- wh- whenever you can get there. Yeah. So it's something it's something special. But I wouldn't say I prefer it to St. Louis. I love, I love St. Louis, and I love walking. You know, what's funny is you go into a New York theater, you don't know a soul. I go into a, New York, or to a St. Louis theater, I know, there's like a good chance I know 50% or more of the people in the audience uh, in some fashion, be it their audience members that I've seen at a lot of shows or their great friends of mine or their family. You know, it really is, I think, a pretty supportive community, yeah. Uh so there's never I mean the old adage is true that there's not, never any place quite like home mm-hmm. uh but when you need to get away and you want to get that theater fixed new york does oh, fill yeah. that for me <laughs>
0: oh yeah yeah i've never been to Broadway i always wanted to go like broadway all that all of that stuff but one day
1: yeah one you day. know i went for the first time uh back it, it, it was in 2006 and uh i mean I was I was in the right in the middle of my Los Angeles days of trying to make it out there, and it was you know just so expensive. But uh, two of my sisters are flight attendants uh, for one of the big airlines, so I was able to get a non revenue pass and sort of uh, you know hop my way across from the from Los Angeles uh, all the way to Long Island, and then we took the train in to New York. Uh, between that and Priceline and uh, the half price booth uh the t k t s booth in New York is where we would get all of our tickets uh but yeah it's something really it it was so i was so glad I did it even though it felt like an insurmountable journey at the time <laughs>
0: wow. wow that's incredible what gets you out of bed in the morning
1: um, quite Literally a cat standing on my face. Uh, my cat Leo knows that the alarm clock means I'm going to get up and he'll be usually meowing on my pillow ready for his morning pets and his morning medicine because he gets a, a, a med put in his ear for his thyroid. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I do my day job and I like it. I have a wonderful family. I have a great uh great base of friends Uh, I have a wonderful partner Uh, so I've got a really really I've got so many reasons to get up in the morning and if none of those are filling it for that day there's always a story to tell
0: (laughs) yeah that's great do all your friends and family come to your shows
1: Um, as much as they can I mean uh, family from out of town it can be you know challenging to get in Uh, friends often are in shows running at the same time or uh, those types of things but as much as, as much as we can, uh, we see each other's shows, yeah.
0: That's great, that's great. Abigail, you got any questions? Mm.
1: Any more? Let me okay. check, let me check. Hmm. What's your favorite color?
0: I <laughs> mean, why not? Why not? Uh,
1: blue-green. Blue green? Boom. <laughs> All righty.
0: There we go. That's all I needed. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, thank you so much for coming to meet with us yes. and talk to yeah. us. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you for having me and for for focusing on some arts conversations. Yes. This was yes. exciting.
0: I, well, yeah. Being in St. Louis, being in this part of the city, I feel like there's so many arts here. And being at third. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you.
1: Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you.